Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. I am Bill Michaels, uh, Ben Kenny, producing the program in the studios. We are glad you're with us today. Brewers get a nice win last night. The problem with the win was that they also lost in the win, and that is uh, the fact that Brandon Woodruff has some shoulder soreness, and he's going to miss a few starts because of it. But it was good to see Corbin Burns come back last night and throw strong. And, uh, yes, I made it last night <laughs> through the entire game. I was up. I was working. And uh, sat out back for a while yesterday. Have not put the TV out back yet. I haven't done that because I know it's supposed to be crappy over the weekend and get back into uh, much more seasonable temperatures next week. So I don't think I'm going to be sitting out back too much. So I didn't want to go through the the strife of doing that. However, uh, it was uh, it was good to sit outside, get a little work done, come in, watch some baseball last night, enjoy myself, and uh, watch that game. And boy, that that's the Brandon Woodruff we've been looking for. He had the uh, he had the off-speed stuff working last night. He was down and in. He had that uh, almost like a screwball, the old days of the screwball, uh, where it starts inside, works its way outside. And uh, he got a couple of batters on that yesterday. So it was uh, it was good. It was good stuff. Brewers get a nice win. Bucks, they uh, get a practice in. They continue to wait to see who they're going to be hosting in the first round of the NBA playoffs. What is old is new again. Uh, the Bucks saying that uh, the blue court that they've been using pretty much uh, all season long is going to go back to the green court with the Bucks logo, the Bucks head, and all that kind of stuff uh, come playoff time. So they're going to get into that. So that's good. Uh, we're going to talk a little hockey today. Our buddy Aaron Sims is going to be joining us uh, from the Milwaukee Admirals, and I uh, talked with him a little bit yesterday. So we'll chat with him about what's coming up. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, there is more speculation that we could have nothing regarding the draft uh, when it comes to uh, an Aaron Rodgers trade, nothing on draft day or the day after or the day after. Now it's getting into more and more speculation, getting more and more dicey. We're going to talk with Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD uh, coming up here uh, in the uh, third hour of the program, top of the third hour of the program today, which is mainly noon central time for many of you. Uh, Aaron Sims is going to join us today at 1130. But, uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. And then yesterday on the program, as the program was kind of winding down, is when uh, the rest of the world found out. Now, we, we, I think, Ben, I think you were all over. You kind of had it first, the David Bakhtiari discussion. And uh, then I heard everybody else playing it this morning as uh, I was out uh, doing some stuff in the yard yesterday listening to Sports Talk Radio. Not a lot of people had it in the afternoon, but we did. Uh, and then the rest of the world started reacting to it this morning. But uh, the David Bakhtiari comments, um, it's it's a, a vast array of opinion, I might say. And I think I'd be right. It's Some people are like, hey, you know, um, he's right. He uh, He's a guy that when you look at, uh, you know, when you look at uh, the discussion that he has separated himself from the team because he has got the loyalty, was, loyalty to his friend. So he is, he's staying strong. He's staying strong. Then... The rebuild versus the non-rebuild and what he said versus what Brian Gutekind said, uh, they are two differing opinions. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, word out, out of New York now talking about updates on the Rodgers situation. Um, then uh, you've got uh, the Mike Greenbergs of the world going on the Pat McAfee show 
because they now have that ESPN connection. Uh, he's given the update. Nobody's quoting any sources. I find that rather interesting. Nobody's really quoting. Everybody's quoting one another now. Because from what I understand, I have not. Now, I may be wrong unless I'm waking up a little bit late to the game today. But, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. Nobody's quoting Gutekunst. Nobody's quoting a source deep inside the Packers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Greeny yeah. says what I've been hearing, which I think is more yeah. plugged in than others. But I don't uh, know hearing I, from where. The what I've been hearing comment, I believe, no, I believe, comes from the Darlingtons and the insiders quote that they have on that program, on that get-up program. That's where he's getting, I think, his uh, basket of information. So he's basically getting what it is they're regurgitating on the air, which is what everybody else is regurgitating, that there's nothing really new. But we're going to hear all of that coming up today. So um, anyway, we'll get into all of that discussion coming up here in, in just a little bit. I, uh, Man, I, I'll tell you this. It was... Um, it was really nice to see the Brewers last night. I know they were getting no hit for a while. It was like the fifth inning, sixth inning, before they started, you know, plugging away at the baseball. But it was the opposite side was good to see Corbin Burns back. That was the Corbin Burns that we've grown accustomed to. And um, I, now, again, you got to stack success. But I walked away last night after hearing the news about Brandon Woodruff and the short, sore shoulder. I walked away last night going, okay, uh, you know, you, you need Woodruff. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Lauer has not had a great start. But for the most part, it's been a pretty good pretty good grouping. And uh, I've been pretty pretty happy with the starting pitching, which is what we thought was going to be one of their strengths. Uh, and I was kind of nervous. I'm thinking, you know, boy, you know, you really need to see Corbin Burns. Three bad starts would just be, oof. You'd start to raise an eyebrow. And then last night he had it going, man. He had it breaking. I don't know if it's the air. Uh, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, everything was clicking for him last night. So solid night night last night for Corbin, Corbin Burns on the hill. And, uh, and, and and you know, I watched pretty intently all the way up through the fifth or sixth inning. He only given up about three hits to that point. And then after that, it just it was it was solid. Eight innings, good work yesterday, uh, hitless or uh, scoreless baseball. I mean, it was it was it was good to see. Good to see out of Corbin Burns last night. Uh, boy, Christian Yelich, Ben, do we want to do we want to go there? Why would we go there? Because he was zero for three with three strikeouts at one point in that ball game. It yeah, looked bad. Finish one for five. I mean, the Tampa uh -huh. Bay Rays also won, so we're still waiting on the either or. Yep. I mean, it is what it is. He's he goes through ebbs and flows. I'm not acting as if he's back. He he just had a good no. day the other day. Yes. I, I will go along with the good day the other day comment. But um man, last night was not a not a great night for him. And it just it 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 uh the average sits at two twenty seven, I get it, but nineteen strikeouts on the season. Nineteen strikeouts in forty four at bats. Three more again last night. I just, and and it's not like, it's not like he's taking these bad pitches and going down. 
he, like, on his third strikeout, he looked like he had no clue where the ball was going, no clue as to what he was swinging at. It was just this lackluster half, flail your arms out there and hope for the best swing. He, he, like I said last year, and I'll say again so far this year, he looks like he's guessing at best and doesn't have a clue what, what, he's, what he's looking at and what he's swinging at. That, that just, just my take. But, man, it, it just, that, that just sw- swinging ugly, for lack of a better term. Just swinging ugly. Go ahead. Here's where I'm at with it. If okay. the team as a whole was struggling and the offense couldn't score, I think it's the story because he makes the money. And over right. the last couple of years, he has been the story when the offense has struggled. But the fact that this team continues to win and continues to hit the ball up and down the lineup, yeah, he's not playing up to the caliber you want him to play at. But the story of what's going on isn't him struggling to me. It's the mm-hmm. fact that this lineup is deeper than we've seen in years. The youth has been awesome. And they hit the crap out of the baseball. So then I think whatever Yelich can give you is somewhat of a positive. Yeah. Um, until it's not. And, and that's that's my fear is when this team, when this group of young guys begin to get a little bit figured out and books get out on them and then teams start to pitch them, pitch them a little bit differently and, and then Yelich, they are relying upon him to be some kind of either and or protector or a, an igniter that he's not there and then what do you do uh you know again i i'm talking i'm talking about a team that's eight and three right now they get a seven to one win last night the runs came late five runs in that uh that sixth or seventh it was uh, the sixth inning i think is when they scored or seventh inning excuse me seventh inning is when they played at five um but watching him through the first three at bats just wail and whiff and and just look awful and yeah. I keep thinking to myself, like you do, when he went yard the other day and it was the opposite field, or not really an opposite field, it was more of a, a, a center field shot than it was anything. Um, but I keep thinking he's not pulling the ball with authority. He's not giving you that loge level power. He's he's getting around late on the ball, which he did again last night. There was, there was one pitch he was swinging at. It was already in the glove. It was the it was his third strikeout. It was the second strike of his of his third strikeout. He swung the ball was already in the glove. It was like embarrassing. I, who's the who's the commentator? Who's the uh, the television commentator? Because Jeff Levering is doing the play by play, and it's not Bill Schroeder. It's somebody else. Is that is that? Um, oh God, he was doing the post game show with um, the other day. I can't remember who it is. Anyway, long story short. He, he, he said the same thing. He said, oh, he was around late on that one. And that was putting it mildly. I mean, you'd already heard, like, the pop of the glove, and he was just starting to bring the bat through the strike zone. I mean, he's late on it. And then they, they want to say, well, you know, when he's spraying the ball everywhere, boy, he's really on it. No, he's not. He's just late. He's late. He's not recognizing pitches early on, which is why he's flailing. I mean, that's just my opinion, but uh, you kind of wonder, uh, you know, at some point is um, – at what point does the money outweigh the success? Because right now it is. And you look at other guys that are starting to toil away a little bit down in the minors that have had some success. Um, who's the who's the kid? Uh, Freelich, Sal Freelich is another guy. Vinny Rotino, thank you very much. Vinny Rotino, thank you very much. 
Ryan and Tom and John. There you go. Vinny Rotino was on the call last night. And he said that. He said, you know, yeah, boy, you know, he, he was a little late on that. But, you know, when he's on it and he's spraying the ball, and I'm thinking when he's on it, he's pulling the ball hard because he's seeing the pitch. It's when he's barely getting around and he's doing these excuse me base knocks uh, because he's late on the baseball because he's not recognizing the pitch is when he's going to the left side of the field because he's just throwing the bat at the ball, and that's what he did last night. Anyway, I, I, I'm just – I'm not knocking – Christian Yelich, but I'm looking at this going, this guy's I, – I'm in the camp of he's never going to be the same. He's never going to be the guy that's going to give you 290 and 30-plus home runs and be a feared hitter at the plate. Um, I've watched him now for a couple of weeks, and it just – it's the same old, same old from last year. Uh, Ryan says it's hard to watch him at this point. Three years of this, and it's just painful. I completely agree. That's where I'm at. A win for the Brewers, solid victory. You don't have to have them. Uh, oh, by the way, and this is uh, this is from John who says, remember last year when he couldn't even throw the ball back to the infield? He has a weak arm, too. He's not a defensive juggernaut. We'll see how that goes as well. But, yeah, it's uh, not off to a good start. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to today, obviously. Uh, we're going to have a whole plethora of things. But I do want to get back into, um, if you want to talk some Brewers baseball, by all means, light the lights. Uh, I do want to hear from uh, everything that we discussed. There's David Bakhtiari from yesterday, talked about the Packers rebuilding. There's Craig Carton on the fan, talking about a Rodgers update. Uh, Schefter says the trade might not even, might not even happen before the draft. Uh, all of this, all of this conjecture coming up. So stay tuned for all of that as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Cunis. Cunis RV automotive trucks commercial and such uh they are with us for the uh, the motorcycle ride this year we can't say thanks enough the rv side go to cunisrv.com that's cunis rv the rv side giving us the cruiser and then uh, the cutest uh, cunis automotive side uh giving us a, a truck to use so we are able to pull the trailers around and do different stuff with our tents and so many different things supporting veterans and veterans causes thanks to our friends from cunis go to shop cunis shop k-u-n-e-s.com they got madison stoughton barneveld elkhorn lake geneva and platteville locations if you're looking for anything in the automotive and truck and commercial vehicle industry track them down there and uh, they have so many terrific deals and so many different makes and manufacturers they have such a giant uh, conglomerate of buying power go to shopcunis.com shopcunis.com and if you're listening to us in the northern illinois uh, area they got a ton of dealerships in illinois as well so go to shopcunis.com that's shopcunis.com this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Third hour of the Bill Michael Show. We are glad you're hanging in there with us today on this beautiful Wednesday. Warm weather, a little bit breezy. Going to be around 80, 81 today, depending on where you're at. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us as the saga, as Green Bay turns, continues on. And uh, joining us now on the hotline from GoLongTD.com. Used to cover the Green Bay Packers for the Journal Sentinel as well. Our guy Tyler Dunn is here. Ty, how you been, buddy? What's up? Good to be here, Bill. How have you been, man? 
Um, I'm doing great. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot to talk about, and it's uh, kept a lot of people engaged for quite some time since uh, Aaron Rodgers emerged from the darkness and said, I'm going to play for the or for the uh, New York Jets and not the Green Bay Packers. So first and foremost, you know, with everything you've heard, uh, the comments that came from Bob McGinn a while back, give me your thoughts on where this thing stands now. You know, I, I still think that, the Jets and the Packers are basically at the one centimeter line. <laughs> you know, I, right. I know that nobody wants to wait around. I don't think the Packers want to wait around. I don't think the Jets want to wait around, but it's this weird game of chicken right now, right? I think both sides are daring the other to flinch on, um, you know, it's more of a gut feeling that intimate knowledge on my end in terms of like who's asking for what, but it sure seems like, all of the hard work's kind of been ironed out, and now it's a matter of like, okay, like who's who's gonna flinch here? I mean, is it a matter of a, a next second, a first instead of a second, eating a certain amount of money? I don't know, but you know, deadline spur action, as Andrew Brandt loves to say, and I would think that the NFL draft here, right around the corner, is is that deadline if, if you're interested in picks this year. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I would, I, I know that. You know, David Bakhtiari kind of floated that third option of, okay, well, Green Bay could pay him not to play. I don't think anybody wants it to get that weird at this point. No. I've said all along, I think the deal is going to get done. It's probably going to get done in the next two weeks, right as we approach the draft. And then everybody will be happy. I know the Jets want to get, you know, Aaron Rodgers eventually into their camp. The Packers want to get him out and get this distraction done and over with and move on. And, it, it you know, now you tell me what you believe Rodgers is worth because everybody's got a, an opinion. My opinion is this, that if I'm the Jets and if the stumbling block is, say, the first versus the second, you haven't been to a Super Bowl since 1969. You haven't been to the postseason since 2010. And you're talking about this guy giving you the opportunity to do both. What is that worth? I would think a first-round pick. It should yeah. be. I think that's why Green Bay is in a, a strong position. We're all trying to figure out who has the leverage. Well, look, Green Bay's made it clear. This is Jordan Love's team, and you might interpret that as like, oh, my gosh, right, did they just tip their hand on? Not really, because I think the Jets' desperation, as you kind of laid out, they're not going to draft another quarterback high. They just whiffed on Sam Darnold. They whiffed on Zach Wilson, who, oh, by the way, is still there. Um, if you ha- if you want to have any shot at resurrecting his career, you need a veteran. I mean, they, everything points to them going the veteran route, and the, the cherry on top is, is Woody Johnson, the owner. I mean, this is somebody who, I mean, back to Brett Favre, obviously, he's always loved that big swing. He no doubt sees what the New York Giants are building. you, you, you got a competent GM in Joe Shane. Uh, maybe the best offensive mind. It's kind of one of, and Brian Dable, um, they, whatever you want to say about the Daniel Jones contract, they made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. They've got a good thing cooking, and it matters in that market. You've got to stay relevant some way, somehow, for better or for worse. I, I, it sure sounds like they are all, all in on Aaron Rodgers when Joe Douglas himself is, you know, pumping his fist and telling the fans, he's coming, baby. So, yeah, I think Green Bay has all the leverage here, and if they want a first, man, I, I would think that they're, they'd be able to get that. I, I, you know, they missed their opportunity at the three, four first-round picks the last couple off seasons, but they could still get something here out of uh, out of an albatross of a contract and a decision in, in that $150 million they gave him last offseason. David Bakhtiari said yesterday, don't fool yourself. The Packers are in a, uh, in a rebuild. And I kept thinking to myself, what are they rebuilding? They need some wide receivers and tight ends, but other than that, there's pretty much veterans – 
or second-year players at damn near every position that they have, including a lot of veterans that they paid. Do you consider this a rebuild just because they're changing quarterbacks? I don't. That was strange, right, to put it mildly, right. to hear a player who's been around as long as anybody. Uh, look, I, I think he's he's obviously friends with Aaron Rodgers, and he's in a tough situation having just signed a contract extension, going through all of his health issues being close to a teammate personally. Uh, I, I would imagine it was just some of that kind of rising to the surface here, uh, sticking up for his guy and calling this a rebuilding year. Um, it, I think a lot. it took a lot of people by surprise because, hell, I know it was a short sample size, but Jordan Love looked a hell of a lot better in a quarter and a half than Aaron Rodgers really did at any point last season. So it's it, football-wise, it makes all the sense in the world to turn – to the, what, 24-, 25-year-old who's way more athletic, has a better arm, is better for this offense. He's been developing three years. And you've got a veteran team around him. And you look around the NFC, which maybe this isn't what David Bakhtiari did. It's wide open. I mean, this conference is totally up for grabs, especially after Philly's roster was gutted a little bit in free agency. So, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you really want to put, on, put look through a magnifying glass and be concerned – you could say, well, you know, does this mean that Jordan really isn't as good as we all think he is? I, I think it's more of a case of David Bakhtiari looking out for his guy, Aaron Rodgers, because you hear the same stuff, Bill. The teammates, coaches, everybody is jacked up for the Jordan Love era to begin. He, he looked as good in practice as he did in the, the very little bit that we saw of him on game day last year. So that being said, I, what, what does Jordan Love have to do? Uh, because to me, I, I've I've seen Jordan Love. I saw his college stuff. I've seen a little bit of progress. But I am still kind of hedging my bets a little bit. I'm kind of holding my breath to see if he's actually going to be any kind of the real deal or even above average at that point. So what does he have to do to say that this season upcoming is a successful season in your eyes? It, it, from day one, this whole – situation has just been eerily similar to the Packers moving on from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even down to the, the to what Bob heard in his initial report, right, that if, hey, if Aaron wants to be back, he's going to have to compete for his job. It'd have to be as a backup. That, that sounded familiar, right? That sounded a lot like when Brett Favre wanted to come back and be the quarterback of the Packers in 2008. Right. They are so in on, on turning the page that they know, yeah, they might only win six, seven games this year, but that's what happened in 08. But you saw so much in Aaron Rodgers that season that it was still worth giving him an extension. And, and even then, you know, they were, they had their own bets. Uh, they drafted Brian Brom, Matt Flynn, that draft, and Brom in the second round, and they, they needed to see it. They saw it, even though the wins weren't there, because he ran Mike McCarthy's offense. It was like, you know, he was almost created in a lab right down to those. Remember those deep boots when he throw deep to, to Greg Jennings? It was, yep. this is everything that McCarthy wanted out of his offense. I think if Love shows that and he puts up good numbers, whatever those numbers are, you're right. I mean, what, 3,800 yards, 4,000 yards, uh, 25 touchdowns, not a lot of turnovers. If you see all of that, he, then, then you're confident. Like, then, then you keep building, you keep moving forward. And if it's, if it's difficult for him, if the game's just too fast for him, that then you'd get concerned. But I think that this past year, whether it's in practice, what they've seen in the games, those concerns have kind of dissipated. And they, they might have been there in that Kansas City game two years prior. 
granted, the game plan really didn't do any favors for Jordan Love, but I think that you know they're in a place where now they need to see him play games, and if he does that, puts up good numbers, regardless of the wins and losses, uh, they're going to feel really good about the future. Uh, I want to ask you about the article that you had just uh, kind of put together with Ron Wolf. Give me your thoughts there because you had a chance to say Ron is such a great guy, and, and as he got older and further away from the game, he's more and more of an open book when it came to his philosophy and such. So give me your thoughts on, on what Ron Wolf had to say. All right, I appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, go along TD.com if uh, people want to read the conversation in full with the Hall of Famer. I mean – I there, we we kind of went all over the place. The impetus for it was similar to what uh, kind of teed up the conversation I had with Leroy Butler, where this is such a pivotal moment in Packers history, moving from you know, one Hall of Fame quarterback to an unknown. Um, I think a lot of people don't know what in the hell to expect, so let's kind of talk to those who know the Packers best. Uh, Butler may be the best ambassador this team has has had in, in decades, if ever. And, and Ron Wolf is the one who woke this franchise up from the dead. And, you know, I guess what jumped at first was he said, you know, 91, he took over November 91, you know, the tail end of the 4-12 and season, middle of December, uh, a loss to Detroit at home. He said, I'm looking around the stands. That's 10 degrees, six below wind chill, and the place is packed. Like, the stadium is full. And he's like, I realized then it's different here. And you've got those magical names up on the – on the stadium walls, and I think it kind of hit him. Man, we have to tap into this tradition, this legacy, and and the point that he can't he kept coming back to, similar to Leroy, is look, individual players are are great. They've had so many Hall of Famers from the Lambeau era to Lombardi to Wolf Holmgren to today, all of that stuff. Um, but the G does kind of it's always bigger. It's always about the team. It's always about the Packers. He said he'd feel calls from fans. And it was never about one specific player. It's just Packers, 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 the team. And, and that's also sort of unique. I, I think that the, the star power of individuals can, can overwhelm other organizations. And it never does in Green Bay. It's, it's always about the Packers. So that's why we're at this point. Finally, Green Bay, and he kind of agreed. Yeah, they kind of got their backbone here. And it took, quote, unquote, guts from Brian Gutekunst to tell Aaron Rodgers, thanks, but no thanks. So had a lot of great things to say about those in charge now and and really philosophically why every team should be drafting quarterbacks all the time, right? That's something he did almost every year. I, You know, it's interesting because I was uh, kind of sitting there thinking to myself, and we talked about this the other day, that had Aaron Rodgers, much like Brett Favre, just said, I'm, I'm all in, I'm coming back, I'm ready to go, that forces the Packers' hands, but most likely – if he's all in, if he's ready to go, if he's ready to commit, work with the young guys and all that kind of other rigmarole, he's back as the Green Bay Packers quarterback. None of this is a discussion. There's no controversy other than whether to sign or not to sign Jordan Love and what they're going to do with him. Other than that, that's it. And I, I looked. I, I remember talking to Favre about the exact same situation, and Favre said, you know, had I just said I'm coming back, it would have forced Ted <laughs> to do something. It would have forced Aaron to do yeah. But neither one of them do. I, I just, I don't, it's like all of a sudden <laughs> they get to the point where they're so big that they just figure the world's going to wait on me and everybody else can kiss my ass and I am the one that's going to dictate as to what's going on. And then they're shocked and, and mad when the teams move on. There was, there was a lot of, um, you know, messaging, narrative stuff at play. You know, both sides kind of worried how this would be perceived publicly. It, it, it strikes me as Green Green Bay. I do think Green Bay that 
they were moving forward with Jordan Love, regardless of what Aaron Rodgers said publicly. And they almost kind of wanted Aaron to reach this point on his own. Like, okay, the, the whole, mm-hmm. it's not you, it's me. Is it me? Is it you? It's the George Costanza at the coffee shop. They, they wanted him to right. kind of get to that, that point where he had to move on. And he kind of did, you know, he was all over the place in that McAfee interview and, you know, in and out of the darkness, all of that. But the, the fact that he wouldn't even talk to Brian Gutekind, my God, you're going on Aubrey mm-hmm. Marcus talking about taking dumps in the dark, but you can't even talk to your GM. I mean, that was ridiculous and absurd. And I imagine at some point the Packers just got pissed off and they're like, all right, well, not only did you decline on the field, you didn't throw for 300 yards in the game. It's pretty obvious, you know, father time has caught up to you here. But all this other stuff might have just been everything they needed to once and for all move on as well. And however we got here, I think we would have gotten here one way or another. But it would have been interesting, to your point, Bill, if Aaron Rodgers at that press conference right after the Lions game said, hell yeah, like we had a great finish. We've got a good thing cooking here. I'm coming back. I'm under contract, right? I mean, he just signed it one year prior. Let's go. Instead, he hemmed and hawed, and he likes living in that 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 gray area of a mystery and uh green bay eventually said enough's enough um let's go back to one thing with ron wolf and ron wolf you said uh, kind of appreciates the guts of gutekinst and company does he feel like they're doing the right thing yes i think so you know we didn't get too specific on the packers of today like he's he's enjoying life down in florida watching spring baseball and isn't Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that intimate knowledge of like, okay, here's what Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekind and Matt LaFleur are thinking and doing. Uh, but he does think that this is the right call. And I remember when we chatted two years ago, you know, when it was totally up in the air and we didn't think Rodgers would be back. Nobody really did. And the reports are out there that he needed the GM fired. It was really, really ugly. Ron Wolf had a comment of like, yeah, you know, look at Seattle. And Russell Wilson out there, he wants this, he wants that. He's telling him who to pick. It's, he's like, that. At, at some point, a threshold is crossed. And, uh, you know, players play, coaches coach, and GMs got to be GMs. And, you know, if, if a player tried to come into my office, I would tell him to exit the office. And so he kind of predicted that Russell Wilson trade, really. Um, and John Schneider, who came up under Ron Wolf, obviously, he moved on at the right time. The Packers waited too long, and it cost them several picks that they did have the gumption to do this earlier and take that backlash. But eventually, they did reach this point, and I think that he does think it's the right thing to do, the smart thing to do, as as difficult as it may be, given the personality involved. Tyler, great stuff as always, buddy. They can always read your stuff, golongtd.com. That is golongtd.com, and uh, there's a a great article there with you and Ron Wolf. And we'll touch more, man. We'll touch base more once the draft is complete, once this deal is done, and then uh, we'll kind of see where all the dust settles after the fact, buddy. I appreciate it, pal, okay? Hey, sounds like a plan, Bill. Any day, any time for you, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Tyler Dunn, Ty Dunn, at Ty Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, over there on uh, Twitter, golongtd.com. That is golongtd.com.
Packers.com. He covered for the, the Green Bay Packers for uh, quite a few years, as a matter of fact. Always has. Uh, lives on the East Coast now, but always has an affinity for the Packers and understands the importance of the franchise and such. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, that's the way to go ahead and do so. We certainly appreciate it, as always, as always. Hey, i uh, got to say uh, not only uh, um, uh, a special thanks, but uh, our friend Lisa uh, Lee Ortel, her, uh, you know, put her husband to rest yesterday. And uh, her husband was so inspirational on our last motorcycle ride. We've got something planned for him again this upcoming season. But she also is a part of Land and Stone Realty. And uh, Lisa is uh, fa- fast and furious when it comes to finding you a home, finding you a condo, working with VA loans. She's great people, and if you're looking in Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha County, Walworth, Jefferson, in those areas, uh, she can help you out. Uh, get a hold of Lisa at 414-617-6798, 414-617-6798. I know uh, I, I couldn't be there last night. I apologize. I had a couple of meetings that I had to attend. I couldn't miss, but uh, I wanted to be there. I was certainly there in spirit. Uh, when it came to the uh, services for her husband, again, who was so inspirational on our motorcycle ride this past year. And uh, he will be remembered on this upcoming year's motorcycle ride as well. But thanks to Lisa for being a part of the program, supporting us, supporting the veterans' causes, supporting the motorcycle ride. But if you are looking for a home, if you're looking for a condo, if you want you got a VA loan you need to take care of, she can do that. 414-617-6798. 414-617-6798. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.